Good morning, Stone Village Church. My name is Stacy Kaiser, and I'm thrilled to be here with you today. I hope this message finds you well. Today's gospel reading is from Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. For it is as if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed me over two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow, in gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But his master replied, you wicked and lazy slave. You knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter? scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with bankers. And on my return, I would have received what is mine with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with 10 talents. For to all those who have, more will be given and they will be, have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. That is some harsh language Jesus gives us in this parable. Jesus is saying the punishment for the servant who does nothing with the talent is darkness and a weeping and gnashing of teeth. The images that come to mind of tears and fury are very unpleasant. So this is a common fate of the unrighteous. It's different than being damned to hell but it is certainly a fate that you want to avoid. So the consequences for not making the master a profit or putting your talent to use, they are not good. The modern day language of weeping and gnashing of teeth would be similar to, you're dead to me. You no longer matter. And if you're dead to your master, that means no food, no community, no safety, totally ostracized from the community and the people that you know. All of this happens for giving back to your boss what was theirs in the first place. 
Regardless, the servant becomes consumed with the punishment the master will inflict on him if he fails, so much so that he does nothing. He hides the money in the dirt, goes back to his day labor, and lives as though the money is not there until the day his master returns. In the end, this fear of punishment paralyzes the third servant. And it's his failure, his failure becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, and he receives the punishment he sought to avoid getting. He receives the darkness and the weeping and the gnashing of teeth. The servant is, in fact, dead to the master. And the servant, he's so consumed by the punishment that he neglects to see the opportunity before him like the other servants were able to do. So if we're to summarize here, the point that Jesus is trying to make is that action is very important. Doing something matters. Here we see inaction leads to darkness and teeth gnashing. Avoid that. I want to talk a little bit about the context in which this scripture was written. So Matthew's gospel was written in AD. So this is close to 50 years after the resurrection of Christ. And those living when the Gospel of Matthew was written, they're trying to come to grips with Jesus's physical absence from the world, yet this promise he made to them to return. They are focused on the importance of waiting in patience and waiting in patience. So they know he's coming back. They just don't know when. And it's been a really long time and their patience is starting to wear thin. So in the gospel, this particular story of the talents, it comes directly following the parable of the ten bridesmaids who are waiting for their bridegroom. And in the story, five of these bridesmaids are wise. They take oil, they stay awake, they tend to their lamp. Five are foolish. They don't bring oil for their lamp and therefore they're not prepared when the bridegroom arrives. So Jesus is really trying to drive home a point. Be prepared for the returning of the Lord. Jesus is kind of like a coach. He's trying to help us create habits of success. Like this isn't the game, this is practice, but we practice like we play. So, and we see in this parable, the master praises the servants that doubles their income. He tells them, you have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. He's basically saying these small things that I've asked you to do, they prove your faith in me. Many small, well-intentioned acts lead to change. But action is risky business. We are not guaranteed success when we act. Just because we do an action doesn't mean we're going to get the result that we hoped and intended to get. And the gospel writer here in Matthew does not even talk about the possibility of failure. For it's actually fear of failure in not doing what the servant sought out to do that leaves him in paralysis. What if one of the servants had invested the money given to him by the master and he lost it all? The business that he started went belly up. We don't have the parable of the fourth servant in this story. The gospel leaves that servant out. And the scripture seems to show that risk leads to reward, which any human can tell you is just not true. Oftentimes risk is met with failure. Yes, there are lessons learned, but there's also loss and heartache along the way. 
With the servant who did not increase his money, the fear of failure and punishment was so great that he literally could not move. He buried the money. Recently, we have witnessed action on a large, large national scale. 161 million Americans cast their vote in the presidential election, the largest number ever to do cast a vote. Perhaps this action was motivated by fear for many to cast their ballot, but it was fear that did not limit their action. Rather, it was action that promoted one's voice, their causes, and in turn, their candidate of choice. Election volunteers reached an all-time high as well. In fact, emails were sent out to volunteers right here in central Ohio, letting them know that there were three times as many volunteers interested in serving as there were spots to fill. People were moved to action, and it's inspiring to see people just uh, moving towards change. But can part of you relate to the third servant? Have you ever felt so consumed with negative outcomes that it becomes impossible to do anything? The world kind of becomes smaller. We become focused on ourselves and this looming fear Hope seems distant. We say to ourselves, put your head down. Don't make a fuss. Keep doing what we did before. We have it better now than it would be if we lost it all. Just do nothing. And fear's not just a mental game. There's a physiological response that happens to us when we are in fear too. And we can kind of sense that with this servant. I mean, he's burying feelings. He's burying coins. He's burying emotions. This fear, it weakens our immune system. It causes cardiovascular and gastrointestinal issues. Our veins constrict and blood flow becomes restricted. We have shortness of breath. Our bodies and minds have a palpable response to fear. We're created with fear for a reason, to avoid danger. The celebrated author of Eat, Pray, Love in Big Magic, Elizabeth Gilbert, she writes about her struggles with depression and fear. She talks about how sometimes her depression was so severe that she could not even get out of bed. She says that the intensity of it would not allow her to function. And it felt like roadblocks, like someone was almost standing in her way, disallowing her to move. She would become so consumed with dread that she became listless and debilitated. And for our brothers and sisters that suffer from depression, this is a really hard road. In her one particular book, Big Magic, this is an incredible book about creativity and its origin in all of our lives. Gilbert continues to address the presence of fear in her life. She personifies fear and acknowledges its constant place. And I wanna read you a quote from Big Magic, which this is a letter that Liz writes to fear before she embarks on a creative endeavor. She says, dearest fear, we're about to go on a road trip. I understand you'll be joining us because you always do. I acknowledge that you believe you have an important job to do in my life and that you take your job seriously. Apparently your job is to induce complete panic whenever I'm about to do anything interesting. And may I say you are superb at your job. So by all means, keep doing your job if you feel you must. But I will also be doing my job on this road trip. 
There is plenty of room in the vehicle for all of us, so make yourself at home. I recognize and respect that you are part of this family, and so I will never exclude you from our activities, but still your suggestions will never be followed. You're allowed to have a seat, and you're allowed to have a voice, but you are not allowed to have a vote. You're not allowed to touch the roadmaps. You're not allowed to suggest detours. You're not allowed to fiddle with the temperature. Dude, you're not even allowed to touch the radio. But above all else, my dear old familiar friend, you are absolutely forbidden to drive. Gilbert does not pretend that fear doesn't exist. In fact, she approaches it head on. She's aware of the influence and control it's had over her life for too long. She also knows that fear serves a purpose in her life. Now there's a lot of reason to be fearful right now. We're on the heels of an intense election. Our country is sorely divided. We are in the midst of a global pandemic where the numbers keep rising. We have reason to be afraid. In the book of Matthew, the very next parable after the one of the talents and threatening of weeping and gnashing of teeth, Jesus teaches about small acts of service. In Matthew 25, 40, Jesus says, just as you did to the least one of the members of my family, you have done to me. Jesus is acknowledging the small, seemingly inconsequential actions. Perhaps it's a phone call. It's raking your elderly neighbor's leaves. It's sending a handwritten letter, signing a petition. It's baking cookies to send a meal for those in need. It's inviting someone to watch a worship service with you. It's remaining silent when unkind words could be spoken. It's going for a walk and taking in God's glory. There are small actions and steps that are not seen as small in the eyes of God. Our actions, great and small, do make a difference. So I ask you, where does fear exist in your life? How does it limit your ability to live into God's call and claim on your life? Being fearless is not really an option for most of us. Most of us, including me, have an active relationship with fear throughout the course of the day. Perhaps one that we are constantly negotiating, insatiating, or squelching. However, that does not mean that fear gets to control our lives and dictate outcomes. You see, Jesus is calling us to action, both large and small. And there is hope if we have the courage to act. May it be so. Amen.